Hello there, dear listener, and welcome to this week's Pubisode. This week, Mike and I are joined by Anna and Lisa from Scarlet Envelope. Come and join us at the Time Warp Club, where we'll discuss the merits of Welsh rock bands, talk about the difficulty in using time loops, chat with Anna and Lisa about how Scarlet Envelope came about, and discuss the finer points of arson in solving escape rooms. So, here we are sitting in the Time Warp Club, where the bar is just a jump to the left and the toilets are a step to the right. The layout of this place is really badly planned. (laughs) Taking a quick break after our escape from the time loop study full of British colonialism references for some reason to have a drink and chat about the room what we just did. But first, it's my round. So who's drinking what? I'm Riggity Diggity Mike Collins and I am drinking an Airstone. It's a single malt uh, whiskey. It's uh, very smoky and very smooth. It's not quite Ardmore, but it's very, very nice. And I've got it just with a single cube of ice uh, and I'm really enjoying it. It's scrumptious stinks of peat and it's just yeah it's lovely who's peat um he's the guy who sold me the whiskey <laughs> he, oh, says, he says he brews it in uh he uses like a old pants like a tea strainer that's uh, <laughs> what makes Delicious. it so smoky and musky I mean, was the whiskey like your intended drink for this evening or did you get influenced by the fact that whiskey magically appeared in last week's episode? It was not the intended drink. We, You talked about whiskey. You talked about a half <laughs> bottle of whiskey and I thought, I've got a half bottle of whiskey. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I was going to have a lovely light beer this evening. Um, you see, now, see how immersive the, that room was that I even described things that you owned in your house as props? Yeah, it's because you've been to my house, Jamie. I've drunk my whiskey. <laughs> No, I, I avoided the whiskey, but I did drink the beer, the cider, and the mead. You, yeah, you drank a prodigious amount of. Yeah, J- Jamie is. Um, yeah, Jamie has a quite frightening capacity for alcohol that's spectacular. Just for the Welsh, really. It's it's a, yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, Anna? I am drinking a tea, unfortunately. But um, the fun fact about this tea is that it's called champagne splashes, splashes of champagne, Ooh. something like that. Yeah, it's a Ukrainian blend. Uh, it's actually really interesting. I highly doubt that it's got any champagne in it. Uh, but <laughs> it's because uh, honestly, it's just super flavorful and kind of smells like strawberry. I also had some blue petals in it. Really fancy. So oh, wow. I am quite enjoying the cup. How about you, Lisa? Uh, I'm drinking the best uh, beverage ever. It's the tea that someone else did and you stole it from them. <laughs> so you didn't have to do a to get it. Yeah, It is a lukewarm and it has almost no taste because it's been about a couple hours. <laughs> there was a crime committed during the break and she stole half of my cup and just poured it in her cup. And I guess the, it just tastes better, right? That's the, the secret ingredient is crime. That's what makes it taste better. <laughs> yep, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jamie, and I'm drinking uh, a new drink that I got for my birthday recently. Uh, it's a mead called Waking the Demon uh, that I got purely based on the label on the bottle, which has got this sort of fancy-looking horn skull. Oh, yes. Um, oh, nice. But I didn't realize like that it was a... It does, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize until after I got that it, it was a collaboration um, between the Mead Company and a and a Welsh screamo band called Bullet for My Valentine. Who? What? Yeah, they did a collaboration um, nice. to make Mead, which doesn't strike me as as a, a natural pairing. You think Mead, you think Vikings and that. There's plenty of bands that do that have that kind of genre of music, but Bullet for My Valentine are very much not the demographic for Mead drinking and quaffing and viking and feasting and stuff but it is delicious 
I'm here just still shot that bull from my Valentine's are Welsh. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, they so, are they one of one of our one of our few positive exports uh, that have made it globally. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many like good Welsh um like bands though, because you've got bullet um uh was it not story of the year uh, was catfish in the bottle men welsh um i don't know i've heard those words but not in that order before it's like a load of really good like welsh oh my god catfish in the bottle men's fantastic oh i'll give it a listen there, there's a a fairly uh more recent band called those damn crows that are welsh and they are they are phenomenal i saw them live a few months back we have a great we have a great band that is local it's called. Um, oh, have you heard of them? Yeah, they're called Nickelback. <laughs> now they are great. Yeah, Nickelback yeah. do not deserve the hate. I like Nickelback. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, she's such a hater. I love Nickelback, and I've always loved them. And <laughs> when we moved here um, to Canada, I was shocked that people make fun of them. Like, oh no. Yeah, it's a, it's a love or hate relationship for Canadians with Nickelback. Aww. But I believe that everybody hates Nickelback. Uh, but oh, when the song starts, everybody starts singing. Yeah. So. so it's official. The Infinite Escape Room podcast is a definite Nickelback fan. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> the door is right there. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie, I don't want to worry you, but I literally just watched our listen account drop. Before we go into the next bit, spoiler warning for the previous episode. If you've not listened to that, please stop this episode immediately. Go back and listen to that or not. I can't tell you what to do. And as a quick recap to what happened last week, our intrepid puzzlers found themselves locked in a time loop. And no matter what they did, whenever they left the room, the time loop would reset. Uh, for some reason, it was bedecked with lots of imperialist imagery, for some fucking reason. And uh, through some, some deft manipulation of the time stream continuum, they managed to escape with like a good like seven minutes to spare. So well done, team. You did fantastically. Yay. What was the inspiration? (laughs) (laughs) Such a bittersweet victory. (laughs) (laughs) But Jamie, what was the inspiration behind making the uh, time loop game that's uh, difficult mechanics to implement actually? It was it's a rare thing that when it happens, but it was it was genuinely one of those ones that I woke up at like two AM. And that was the first thing that popped in. Oh shit! I gotta write this down because I was I was in the middle of writing a very British Halloween themed room. Um, I say in the middle of it. I barely got past the initial concept, um, where it was a beloved children's TV show and a guy was possessed by his own mullet. I didn't get much further than that. But then it was like two a.m. I thought, oh shit! What if they were in a time loop? And then it sort of spiraled from there. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand that. I'm, never eat cheese before bed because this is the kind of stuff that happens. But I, I I I like time travel films and and things that mess with time in general, um, like movies and video games. And I started putting the seeds together for it. And then a few weeks back when we did um, the Infinite Escape from RPG special, one of the core mechanics of the room that of the game that we played was all about time manipulation. And I thought, oh shit, <laughs> I'm going to end up doing a duplicate of this thing. But luckily, I think changed it enough. Um, so that rather than you were manipulating time constantly, there was that loop as the main um, mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved the theme. And funnily enough, we just played an audio uh, escape room at Precon convention, and it was also time loop. Oh, the Shop of Theseus. Oh. Yeah, yes, Shop I love that game. It was great. Oh, shit, maybe I pinched it off Mark Larson. 
Oh dear, Mark, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. It's a homage. No, no, not you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. They're very we, different. <laughs> wait, wait. We were one of the first ones who played it. Oh, we so, were the first. So team. the room wasn't changed much because they ask each players who finished the room to change something mm. in the room. Because we drew a huge winner on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> we, uh, we demanded. On the wall as well, on the aquarium, on the wall, we just we left them everywhere. But I think they removed it after because it was inappropriate or something. I, th- I don't recall any any penises on the wall when we played it, so I think it might have mm. been left on the yes. cutting room floor, unfortunately. Was there boobs in the guest book? Because we specifically asked for boobs in the book. I think there might have been boobs in the guest book, yeah. <laughs> so you yes. kept that in. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mike, so... I, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you, so during during Recon, Mark Larson did a promo game called The Shop of Theseus that was an audio escape game. Um, way more sophisticated than stuff that I've seen that I've done before. So I was like, oh shit, this is the this is um and one of the cool things he did was after each team finished the game, he'd ask them to change one aspect of of the game and of, of the reality that they were in that then was added in for every other game that came after. And it got crazy. That's such a beautiful, beautiful idea. I really love it. Yeah, but we totally abused it. (laughs) (laughs) Just embrace chaos. What do you want? Dicks and boobs. Boobs and dicks. Do you want to maybe tweak that key or that number combination? Is it a boob or a dick? Then no. Um, Literally. No, we did ask them, I think, to tweak one of the puzzles to make it almost... Um, impossible to solve. <laughs> yeah, after, after, yeah, after, Are you allowed back? We decided, we decided on dick. <laughs> yeah, listen, I think they later announced that they're not going to be implementing all the changes that all the teams asked for. Because I wonder the game why. was just like crumpling, I guess. You walk into the room and just turn on penises. Yeah. <laughs> you look down and your fingers have also turned to penises. Oh God, you're in penis world. Is this a is this a trend? Not penises. Um, is this a trend? The audio escape room thing because we've just we did uh, Jamie and I did an amazing one with Errol uh, Errol Elimir um, yeah. last week week before that was fantastic like a, just incredible like top tier better than anything we've ever made in a bazillion years kind of audio escape yeah. adventure. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I mean, have you done many before? No, that's literally my second one. Like first was at Recon, and this is my second wow. audio. I'm honest. Escape room. Um, also, random flex. We played that room with Neil Patrick. Oh yeah, you did. I was ah, the fuck! That is yeah. epic. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He came I to know. Wales recently as well to play the locksmith stream. I'm like, damn it! If I'd have just paid out the several hundred pounds to play it, <laughs> I'd be able to to, to be there. <laughs> so, Jamie, yeah. anything we rocketed through um, that we rocketed through quicker than you expected? Anything we did that was unexpected? Anything we got hung up on, or maybe felt yes. didn't work in the room? So. Um, the sequence that I planned out was that you would get the components to, to, to solve the binary puzzle, but you would pull the drawers out in the correct sequence, which would then trigger the water to fill the dumbwaiter. In my original script, the water triggering the dumbwaiter caused a little bit of water to hit the fire, which would then make the fire uh, leap up and burn the painting. Um, so then you, you get that, you get the water, then you, then you would decipher the binary and go, oh, it spells out the word watch shit we haven't got a watch because you've burnt the painting and then you'd have to once you went through the door to reset the room back to its original state the painting would be there you'd then look at the watch but what you did was you didn't quite get the drawers pulled out in the right order you think you did it in the reverse way but you did decipher the binary 
So you managed to open up the dumbwaiter before you filled it with water. Um, so it was a very sort of quick scrambling through a script going, uh, 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 the bucket's empty. Uh, uh. <laughs> but you still got there. <laughs> but we did get stuck for a while. Yeah. Yeah, like we just we didn't realize that we opened and closed the, the drawers in the wrong order or something, and we just got yeah, stuck you'd, there. Yeah, I think you'd... You pulled out the drawers in like the reverse order so that you pulled out the zeros instead of the ones. But when you translated the binary, you translated it correctly that the ones, uh, yeah, the ones were the ones, the, the correct letters. So I think that you sort of skipped ahead a little bit, which meant you didn't go back to the drawers to pull them out until later. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it still worked. Perfectly. Still did great. Also. Yeah, I, I realized there's like the importance of semantics as well in that um, there was the reset button that reset the temporal anomaly, which let you go through the door without uh, triggering the time loop. And there's also the reset in that the room had been reset to its original state. Um, And I didn't realize until after I Mm -hmm. used both instances of the word reset, like, oh, shit, that's probably really confusing now. You've hit the reset button, and then later the room has been reset. Oh, yeah, they'll correlate that with that when it actually does the opposite. Hitting the reset button lets you walk through without... (laughs) Activate in the time loop. Yeah. Potential episode yep. name: Jamie hits reset on um, in English and uh, British <laughs> colonialism. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough British colonialism. Needed more. Okay. The theme yeah. was not uh, explained. <laughs> well, needed to really hammer it home. She needed more. What era thing. was this in? Is there any kind of political sub? <laughs> yeah. A, a rug made of an extinct animal would have been a good start. <laughs> no, the uh, the ancient Greece, uh, the um, columns oh, yeah, yeah. from the oh yeah, the, mar- the Elgin marbles, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think looking back, all all the all the colonialism stuff because I'm quite a fan of like the steampunk aesthetic and that sort of Victorian look. But it's you know it's obviously a very terrible time to be anybody who wasn't white, male, and British. Um, but I recently read through the book Babel uh, by R.F. Kuang. R.F. Kuang, sorry, and that book is just is five hundred pages of high fantasy and scathing criticism of the British Empire. Uh, it's a fantastic book. I will link to it in the show notes. Highly recommended. But I think that's got into my brain now. And whenever I think of Victorian Britain, I go, "What a bunch of bastards!" <laughs> the code on the lock in the dumbwaiter. 559 that is the time uh, that's visible on the on the clock radio before each time loop stops in the film groundhog right before oh. 6 a.m is when it triggers oh nice touch nice and easter egg all of Love the locations <clears throat> um that you press on the globe those are all the locations of uh places where time loops are in films so punxsutawney as weird name as it is that is where um groundhog day is set that's Oh, and I, I knew I butchered it. it. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, New Orleans is where the film Happy Death Day is set. Uh, Tokyo is where the film The Girl Who Left Through Time is set. New York is where Russian Doll is set. Uh, Palm Springs is where the film Palm Springs is set. And Stevenage is from a YouTube short called No Through Road, which is um, a horror short about a time loop as well. So they're all they're all. And what about? Uh, oh yeah, Russia was um, a book which is called The Strange Life of Ivan Osakin, uh, which is I think is meant to be the first written example of a time loop in literature. Huh. So there's depth. Well there's done. Depth. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive. Covered, but colonialism. <laughs> yeah, the, the colonialism slightly <laughs> marred the rest of the proceedings, but there was a few nuggets hidden, hidden in amongst there. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of you slipping in all those Easter eggs for us, Jamie, and I'll just, us being like. 
Oh, Empire. <laughs> Savage. Ballyho, where's my bucket? <laughs> trying to get John Cleese on. Trying to, trying to win him over by tell, talking about the good old days. Uh, so um, I know we did a, did a, a brief introduction in the last episode, but as a recap, um, what is Scarlet Envelope and what kind of games do you do? Oh, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> Scarlet Envelope. Oh, God, it's a series <laughs> of games. And it's always so hard to describe them because um, right now in the industry, when you hear the Escape Room monthly subscription, you mostly imagine maybe uh, one story broken into a lot of chapters or maybe something, you know, murder-themed, like every box is some kind of a new murder or something like that, and you investigate. So we are not that. Scarlet Envelope is <laughs> a series of standalone games Games that have like an overarching secret society story happening uh, but mostly it's um uh the moment it's 10 but in the end it's gonna be 13 adventures through time and space and each new envelope is a new mystery case in a new mysterious universe and you solve crimes you stop uh, a galactic war once you rescue a mm. dragon once you go to ancient greece once uh and yes there are some murders because well who doesn't like a little bit of true crime and there is an art heist happening and there is an initiation to the secret society in the end so scarlet envelope is a lot of things um it's puzzle games that fit into envelopes, and we mail them directly to your mailboxes. And who would have guessed the red? Yeah, the red. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that you've got such like massively widespreading themes as well. That it's going from art heist, murder mystery, saving dragons, space escapes, and it's there's a, something for everybody, yep. which is quite cool. That's what we wanted to do when we started the company. We wanted a monthly subscription that is just diverse and chaotic. And we just wanted to do all the things that we personally like and wanted to do. So if I think that medieval times are cool and I want a quirky adventure and I just uh, reread Witcher, so that's the game I'm going to create, you know? (laughs) Uh, And if if we just finished uh, Expanse, Expanse, all seasons (laughs) of Expanse, uh, we are stuck in the third intergalactic work like that just makes sense for us where do you pitch your um your difficulty because i know um like the puzzle community has got some mm-hmm. frighteningly big brains in it um who can see jesus in any type of toast um and can like that decode like decode the thread in your socks or whatever um and we've had step locker <laughs> on before who is brilliant um and is operating on like a different plane of existence when it comes to like the things that he's able to kind of yeah. to, to dream up so where do you pitch it in terms of difficulty are you looking at kind of your experienced seasoned puzzlers are you looking at something a bit more kind of uh, accessible yeah what do you what are you aiming for we are definitely at the challenging level of difficulty. I wouldn't say, uh, in my personal opinion, steps puzzles are just next level, even to ours. Um, oh, thank God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, puzzles. like... Have you, have you uh, solved Carol's uh, puzzles? I think, I think you'd be like, steps puzzles, pa, kindergarten. Puzzle make you bleed out of your no. eyes. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but they are definitely not easy. So, uh it might be quite challenging for someone who's never played anything like this before, but we do offer two difficulty levels, uh, which uh, one level is really misleadingly called starter, which is we need to rename it to regular because it's really just like a less hardcore level or hardcore level. And the hardcore level is like mm, there's less guidance, more layers to multi-layered puzzles 
Um, so if you're a very seasoned experienced puzzler and you really want to spend like three hours playing a single envelope, you don't want to use hints, you want an extra puzzle to unlock hints, even we've got that for you, like we got you. But we also have a more chill, regular version of the game, which is the same game, just some puzzles are a little more... Um, Accessible, I guess, a little more clue posting, and maybe the flow is a little less devious sometimes. Uh, but yeah, definitely quite challenging. And also, well, we've got, uh, we covered the whole year with the monthly subscription, and you can also get just standalone envelopes like separately and some are definitely more difficult than others like the first game would be the easiest and randomly because we're not maybe we weren't that experienced when we started the company so maybe we didn't think it through but like randomly game three is pretty challenging then like game six <laughs> is, is a nightmare for a new player um but we, we're trying to balance it out so like usually you know one month you can be like whoa what was this and next month it could be a little more chill we really we try to keep it interesting i guess <laughs> how did you get started with um with doing an at-home escape game company it was during the pandemic. We were, I think, one of the first ones in North America, at least. And we uh, we were funded on Kickstarter. And without the Kickstarter campaign, we wouldn't be here. Because really, uh, starting a business like this from scratch, that's, hmm. well, real, really risky. And it wasn't full-time for us at the time. Uh, and obviously, we needed some startup investment and stuff like this. So anybody who's listening and who was like OG a Kickstarter backer, thank you so much. You really helped us change our life, basically. Um, how we started, we always just like tell this really short and really hilarious story that we played one game that we really didn't like. And we were like audacious enough to be like, oh God, like so many things could be done better. Like if we were doing it, we would have done it better. And we just thought, like, why won't we try creating a game? And not, somehow, not we. It's like uh, it was mostly me, but please, I'm on board. It's quite you on the record. So yeah, I guess that's how we started, and we're still going. And really, if I knew how hard it is actually to run a business in <laughs> to create games for a living, not just for funsies, but actually for a living, to sit your ass down and be like, okay, you got to be creative today. Um, if I knew it, I wouldn't have done it. So I'm really grateful that I didn't know it. <laughs> you're, you're really selling it. And can I just say, like, solidarity in the... Because uh, we, we went through a period where we were doing a room a week. Mm. Um, and, and that was... And critically, whether we ate or not was not dependent on the quality of those rooms. And boy, howdy, can you tell from how some of those rooms came out? We did some turkeys. <laughs> but even then, it was like it was like the grind of like, oh, cool, right, it's Tuesday and I'm recording on Wednesday. I've done it. It's like, okay, I've edited the episode and oh, cool, it's time to design the next room. And oh, Christ, like, where's all my... Yeah, so I... I yeah. And, that's, yeah. and that was just like, you know, a, a little kind of sidey, projecty, podcasty, majority, yeah, not just a for actual, fun. <laughs> like full fledged, like printout, posted puzzle, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we bought a printed machine and everything, a cutter. Like, we also produce um, most of the components of the games ourselves to keep wow. the costs down because we really want these games to be affordable. Mm. Um, yeah, and it, it helps. Well, and obviously that 
you know, we also, we are available now. We're doing this full time. So we do have the whole day to do everything, starting from the shipping lists to actually producing the game, packing it and closing the envelopes and then sitting down, being creative or trying to be. So it really is a lot of like operational stuff processes that mm. we needed to learn um obviously there's also marketing and sales and everything and we need to be on top of this as well the social media it is a lot but i personally really enjoy it and i really hope that we're going to be able to do this um like longer you know i really want this industry to thrive not just to be this like one time thing and oh remember how 10 years ago we were all crazy about home escape rooms <laughs> how dumb no i actually want this to become a thing and we're trying to contribute to the you know industry trying to connect with players as much as we can be really involved listen to feedback all this jazz with the economy basically like choking the life out of um, physical escape rooms and all the people who work in there um, do you see kind of like a direction of travel towards more people? Because I know my wife and I, for example, we've been probably doing more play at home escape room games, um, or those kind of like little puzzle experiences just, you know, as much as anything, because actual like physical escape rooms have gotten so much more expensive, um, recently. And I know there are a lot shutting down at the moment because they're struggling to kind of, you know, keep costs, um, uh, keep operating costs, um, within the realms of sanity. That's a tragedy. I don't want to live in a world without physical escape rooms. I need them <laughs> for my sanity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I hope that they're going to be doing just fine. I, I, re I really hope they're going to be doing just fine. I can't really say, you know, how the economy is influencing them right now. I don't know. I do think that this gives um, the home experiences opportunity for growth but i really definitely don't want it to like replace physical escape rooms because we really can't we do say that we are escape rooms in envelopes escape rooms in boxes but that's really just the language that we use to make mm. it uh clear for people especially for the people who are not familiar with this uh, sort of mm. games with puzzle games because if you use wording like puzzle games people think it's jigsaw yeah. puzzles yeah. if you say mystery boxes they think it's like a subscription box with a lot of different crap inside so you gotta say something like escape room at least that's what i think um but it, it really it it's not a replacement we just use all kinds of logic problems visual puzzles right some folding some cutting some i wanted to say setting things on fire but <laughs> we we can't do that for the, unfortunately oh how fun would it be uh, but yeah we do have one special <laughs> effect uh where you have to put the paper uh underwater oh cool messages so at, at least oh, those are that. always good yeah that's that's also just like all handmade and uh so far because we're doing so much stuff in house we can like afford doing handmade things that games like exit wouldn't be able mm. to produce because well it, it's all you know mass printed overseas and wouldn't be you understand uh so yeah no i hope that i hope that we all you know have an opportunity to enjoy both in the future would um would an arson escape room be like if you ever did like a, a final monthly one <laughs> that you could actually burn down your own house with? Would that be would that be on the cards? Would one you consider? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just burn two uh, imaginary cushions. <laughs> I would also consider a fire. 
always. always. I mean, you've got the bottle of whiskey there to accelerate the process as well. So everything's already in hand and given to you. Yeah, and there's like a thermo, what, what, what's that called? Thermochromatic paint. Ooh. Yeah, thermochromatic paint on the wall, you know. Mm. So you set it on fire and the thermochromatic paint just reveals a message like, you're not covered by insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Scarlet Envelope accepts no liability. <laughs> uh, the text gets smaller and smaller as you go down stupid small print. So you, you do everything in the house, you do everything together as the two of you, but you, you did one of your games you did as a collaboration, is that right? Yes, uh, our game 8, Dinner with Anonymous, is a collaboration with the wonderful Keith from USB Escape. Um, we were at the time living only two hours away mm. from each other. Just two hours so we thought, you know, why the hell not? We can see each other on weekends and work on the game. Um, yeah, we wanted to create a horror game and we are not like big on mm. horror so we definitely needed help with that and even Kiss is like horror expert he's so good at creepy stuff and he, you gotta check out this USB escape if you're into creepy stuff it's really it's one of the scariest games I've ever played uh, our game didn't end up being you know like terrifying mm. it's still sort of on the creepy side because I guess we balanced them out or something <laughs> but that was interesting <laughs> and you know still when I say that we are a company of two but we still we have a lot of multimedia um, components to our games right so we do still hire uh, professional voice actors nice. uh, we uh, one game we have actual actors on video it's a murder investigation where you listen to suspects interviews so they're actually sit in front of the camera and they act we gave them scripts all the just that was really fun um yeah and sometimes uh, sometimes we do have some very complicated components that are produced uh, somewhere else like in a print shop like we have a tarot card from game two jamie i think you yeah. played it i'm not sure remember um i can't spoil what happens to it that's the worst part like i want to talk about my business <laughs> yeah. but i can talk about the most beautiful and it's a, it's a very satisfying reveal i can rem i remember that uh, that particular component it's i love it it's a complicated business to actually like make it happen. Each component needs attention, needs to be really thought through, but it's a lot of fun. It's also a puzzle in mm. itself. Um, we really enjoy working on it, making it all connect to make all the pieces click. And, you know, Lizzie is just looking at me like I'm a crazy woman because she's usually the one making it all click. She's usually the one making sure that all manufacturers are on top of the stock and everything. So she's just looking at me like, yeah, okay, she's playing her lovely and puzzle. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> well, sometimes it is not. So how does the dynamic work when you're making puzzles? Do you both... Um, work on the, the puzzle design on the narrative or does one of you tackle that one of you tackles the production side how does that work mm, we, well mm. first we tackle each other, <laughs> start, tackle each other. <laughs> and then whoever wins so it's, it's it's a blessing and a nightmare to to work with your partner it's it's great to be like together all the time and have your own like it, it's the same dream that's shared by two and everything, but do drive each other crazy. <laughs> I, I enjoy this second. I don't think I've ever seen a pair of eyes roll so far back. <laughs> Good God. Oh, God. 
Okay, to answer your question, I'm the one who comes up with the themes and with the narrative. I do a lot of research. I make a 40 pages long document that I completely Wait, but thing is, I mean, I understand that most players won't see it or won't appreciate it, but I do it for myself. It's like with your locations on the mm. globe, like you wanted those easter eggs. For me. <laughs> it's like me, I, I created this game about ancient Greece that is called Ashes of Persepolis. And it's all based on real historical facts. People oh, will yeah. think that it's just a story that I came up with, but it's actually based on this real woman, Thais of Athens, uh, that is uh, gossiped to be um, the lover of Alexander the Great. And Persepolis was indeed a Persian city that was set on fire at some point. And the mystery that you unravel is actually like the biggest theory the uh, researchers have at the moment. So you learn while that's you cool. play. I think that's exciting. Most people maybe will say that it doesn't really matter, but it makes me feel happy to do all this research and base the game on something like that i love it i see um so yeah (laughs) i see the reoccurrence of the arson theme as well with the burning of persepolis so there's a running of the burning of of things i I see this is a we are building up to the setting your house on fire yeah, do we need to edit this out? Are we are we spoiling like the uh, the arc of the series? Do we need to edit, edit this out? We don't want to like spoil you have it, to but... burn all the envelopes at the end of it, <laughs> and then buy season two. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and give people wrong ideas, then they will sue us for saying that we were supposed to. Burn <laughs> it, you know, um, <laughs> she she's the one who is responsible for most of the puzzles. So if you hate the puzzles, please email Lisa at... Um, no, I'm joking. If you hate... <laughs> I've got a puzzle question, actually. I've got a puzzle question, and this is for both of you. I guess probably Lisa first, which is puzzle heaven, puzzle hell. Like, is there anybody... Is there like a puzzle creator or like a group of puzzle creators who are like, you guys deserve to go to puzzle heaven. Like, what you do is just gorgeous legendary um wait wait let me think about let me oh think about God, she's gonna Chris. embarrass us <laughs> tell me the game tell me the game i'll tell you who made it because we, we do play a lot but she oh, probably doesn't know i i games. really love the mysterious package companies the the, the book thing is post-mortem series that, that one i really like that one but it barely has oh, puzzles nice. to be honest. i don't like it for puzzles i like it for okay the what do you like for puzzles <laughs> Look, uh, <laughs> puzzle like. yeah, some puzzle points, most puzzle points, some puzzle points. Okay, what's a puzzle so, point? So, uh, it's, it's an event every second Tuesday of the month, uh, yeah, worldwide. worldwide. We go to the pub and solve puzzles. That sounds awesome, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, need to open up a chapter in Wales. Oh, maybe you have it already. You I'm just sorry. gotta look it up. There's so many of them around the globe. Wales only got electricity like three years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay, you heard Mike. We've got like four bands that are, that people recognise. We yeah. we're we're a bit behind. Yeah, but still burning mm-hmm. cats for fuel. Well, they shut the coal mines, Mike. Yeah. What are we gonna do? Fracture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was Puzzle Heaven. Puzzle Hell. Like, if there was a single puzzle, no, 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 no. This isn't this isn't the naming the names of people. This is a if there was a puzzle mechanic or puzzle trope that you could send to hell, what would it be? Um, hmm. Well, we've recently had a puzzle pine that I wanted to send to hell. 
but it was in a Ooh. genius way. Honestly, I wanted to send them to heaven and then to hell and then back to heaven. Okay, <laughs> um, okay what was it? It was it was like a long ass poem that you mm-hmm. read. Yeah. And it gives you like instructions and you do the on, instructions. On what to do next. Yeah, you do those instructions. It, the answer gives you another instructions. Oh. It was like eight steps to that damn thing. No joke. <laughs> no joke. And in the end, it just said, oh, the answer is the third word. <laughs> and, oh. then to, and then to make sure that we stopped at some point because the poem is so long and you decipher it like, Blind, yeah, you, you line count every tenth letter at some point. And oh god! So and it said what to do, and then it just went. This is it. Please stop now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's cruel! I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! So what yeah, a mad some genius. Some no, I, I loved are... it and I hated it at the same time. <laughs> I'm not a fan of like uh, like puzzle crosswords that much. Hmm. Really? Because I'm not you the native in cryptic crosswords, and I'm not native in the culture, so it's yeah. kind of hard. Yeah, you mean cryptic crosswords? Uh, yeah. Well, that's just a personal preference. Well, really, yeah. he's asking about personal preference. So you got the first the first season of Scarlet Envelope is going to be wrapping up uh, soon. Um, yeah. Anything else you got coming up? You want to plug? In September, we uh, crowdfunded another project, which is not a Scarlet Envelope, but it's under a Scarlet Envelope umbrella now. Um, it's the set of Christmas cards. And we're actually super excited about it. I enjoyed working on it so much. I did not expect that I'm going to love it that much because really, you know, some Scarlet Envelope games are pretty dark, like there are crimes, there are murders. And, you know, I read this crime reports and autopsy reports and all the scary stuff and here i was making hilarious little stories about like a reindeer who is joining rudolph's team when rudolph had to go on a holiday or a little kitty who got kind of crazy just before christmas and she set the tree on fire and decorated fire. the walls awesome the there's a fame <laughs> scarlet from the flames <laughs> Okay, I can see that I have a problem now that it was nowhere wrong. Nice. Plus one into my collection. Um, but yeah, uh, each card is, um, I think, the most exciting part about it. I mean, obviously, they're packed with puzzles. Uh, so it's not just a Christmas card. It's a folded card that has around six puzzles in it. And it's actually going to take you at least half an hour, probably 40 minutes to an hour to solve, depending wow. on your puzzling level. They're pretty challenging. So it's not something that you get for your grandma. Uh, it's something that you get for someone else's grandma. <laughs> A smarter grandma. <laughs> for yourself, for your friends that are pretty smart, for people that you hate that are dumb, uh, to just like point it out, they're going to feel really bad when they're going to realize that they can solve a single puzzle in the card. Um, but I think the most exciting part is that all cards are illustrated by a very, uh, just a wonderful professional artist. And the style is just this lovely, whimsical. Um, she usually works on children's books. Um, she ah, also nice. loves cats. And one of the cards is about this kitty cat who like gone rogue and crazy. And she made the cat look hilarious. Like it's just like a mischievous little thing that is like stealing turkey from the table, uh, ruining the walls, <laughs> snacking on tinsel. Um, yeah, they're just 
lovely and you know it's not something that you just um slap in canva you know mm. it's it's like it, it looks cool it looks artful we actually made sketches and she she made it all come to life and i was really excited and the crowdfunding campaign helped us fund the packaging for it so for christmas if you actually want to get it as a present for someone it's gonna look really neat mm, in this cool. uh, lovely packaging um, yeah, it's all going to be on our website uh, together with the bundles of our scarlet envelopes. So we do kind of have pretty perfect ideas for Christmas for you guys. And on Black Friday, they're going to be great promo codes and discounts for all that. You can get a whole series of our games and get one of the Christmas cards for free as a bonus. Cool. Awesome. Where can we get that promo code? Where can the listeners get that promo code? Um, listen, I don't have the name of a promo code right now. It's just going to be on the website. It's not going to be cool. something that like you need to know. You're just going to go on our website and you're going to see the special offer right there. It's going to be applied. And there's also going to be a newsletter that we're going to send out. If you want to sign up for a newsletter on the website, you can do that. Or just find us on social media. We're going to go pretty crazy with all the uh, promotion around Black Friday and Christmas. We got it to you know i, I gotta it. do that so you're gonna definitely see it on our website scarletenvelope.com cool okay. and what date what date are the cards uh released the cards are already released um, oh sick it's, it's cool. all done we're just waiting for the packaging right now which is gonna happen in time for holidays so like in time for black friday and the holiday sales it's all gonna be there already sweet and we'll put uh, links to um where you can find those cards in the show notes as well, so you can get them in time for Christmas. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely ordering a set of those. These oh, hell yeah. Just for, just for me. I don't care. I'm not going to... No, Jamie, you don't get one. <laughs> I'm going to buy You're one too for clever me. already. <laughs> uh, yeah, before um, we do a quick fire round of recommendations, uh, where can people find you online? You can find us on pretty much any social media that you enjoy. Um, mostly, we're the most active on Instagram. You can also find us on TikTok, on Facebook, on Twitter, or what that is called now, X. God forbid if you Ugh. call it X, you can call it X. <laughs> um, it's at scarlet.env. Um, and yeah, and the website is uh, scarletenvelope.com or scarletenvelope.ca. It's the same thing. Superb. Uh, before we wrap up, then we're going to do a quick fire round. Um, just to give our listeners a recommendation to either a podcast or a book, a movie, a TV show, a place you visited, something you'd want people to check out. Catfish and the Bottle Men. Great band, great Welsh band. They had a couple of absolutely <laughs> smashing albums, uh, one of which was The Balcony, uh, which is really, really worth your time. Give it a listen. Uh, it's a, oh, It's got some absolute belters on it it's such a good album um they've 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 split up subsequently which is really sad um but that's what people do isn't it they go to wales and then they dissolve into the hills that's that's how uh, but yeah they're worth uh, <laughs> worth listening to they're a cracking band it's very poetic i just thought of something the devil's plan reality show on netflix the korean Ooh. reality show where people solve puzzles each episode mm. or it's not just puzzles it's also sort of like mm, kind of board games i guess but it's all strategy really it's all based on strategy and on uh intellectual games and it's really good and the production is so good they really uh brought something very interesting to the to, to netflix to the mainstream tv i was so like excited to see a reality show that is not just about hot people on an island trying to make out but actually about <laughs> you know, something smart <laughs> 
Zero that sounds really cool. I, I would pay to see smart people on an island trying to make out. Like that yeah. would be that'd be a show I'd want to watch. <laughs> Solve like, puzzles, then kiss. The Lego expert and the Star Trek nerd, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> going out at hammering songs. Uh, yes, there is an also great band uh, from Canada. It's called Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these new these newfangled bands. <laughs> no, ne- never go to Nickelback. It's okay. Um, <laughs> what I would recommend? Uh, well, we've seen a great show recently as well. It's about this policeman person who marries uh, a ghost of the uh, a boy, <laughs> and they solve crimes together. Wait, that was what? a show. Wait, that was what's a that movie. called? It's a movie. I'm sorry. It's that was a movie uh, that's also on Netflix, and I think it's... Marry My Dead Body or something? I think so. Oh, my God. That was a trip, though. Like, oh, wow. you're ready for a trip. Ooh, for the trip is the... Uh, Cat dog or kids. Okay, stop. stop. Just, just. <laughs> that sounds unbelievably weird. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking at the screenshots now. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's it's Taiwanese. Yeah. Uh, so oh, very cool. interesting. You know, broaden your horizons. Watch a yeah, watch a gay movie. It's not gay. Taiwanese artist. It. I mean, it's kind. I mean, it's kind of gay. It's not. It's kind of gay. Okay, watch it and tell us if you thought it's, that it was gay. It's a degree of gay, but. Not gay enough for some folks. We'll put up a poll on Twitter. <laughs> how, gay, how gay is this? Is gay enough? Can I recommend a puzzle game? Really? Please do. Yeah. Please do. Uh, I've recently played for two days in one puzzle game, and she hated that I didn't pay a single drop of attention to Damn. Anna. Yes. Uh, it's called <laughs> Chance of Santar. It's Ooh. an amazing game on Nintendo. That's where I played. Uh, it's the game where you learn the language. Oh, just, amazing. Like you don't know the language and yeah. you got to just figure it out. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and from me, um, I, yeah, I recommend the, the book Babel um, by R.F. Kuang. Uh, fantastic high fan. If you like fantasy books, if you like scathing criticisms of the British Empire, it is a fan, fantastic book. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're in the UK, it's all over Waterstones right now. It's very easy to get to. Very highly recommended. And the barman has rung the bugger off bell, so it's time for us to finish our drinks and saunter off into the night before we get kicked out into the street. Thanks very much for listening. We will see you next time, where we're escaping from an ominous cloud of airy soup with a beacon and a weird siren. Good luck, John. That's your episode next time. We like it's you John's lots. room. We won't escape. <laughs> we love you lots. And we'll see you next week on the Infinite Escape Room. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And as the pub closes... We saunter into the night, listening to Nickelback singing How You Remind Me at the top of our lungs, hitting Hello. most of the notes uh, with some sort of, I suppose we can get poutine now because we have Canadian guests. We'll have poutine. I'm so jealous that you live near poutine. Well, I've drunken poutine. You look so it's unimpressed overrated. by the concept of poutine. It's overrated. <laughs> really? Oh, Ch- no. It's chips and gravy. I mean, yeah. that's a staple what? in Wales. <laughs> I spent my first five years, I was weaned on chips and gravy.